Jam in the AM at 8 minutes after 8 o'clock. Uh, nobody follows the news in our circles uh, from Israel the way Mayor Weingarten does. He joins us live via telephone. Mayor, good morning to you. Yeah, sad morning. That's for sure. Anything at the top of the hour of uh, of note that uh, you could tell us uh, regarding what they're reporting in Israel? Um, all the reporting, all the stations in Israel, and I'm watching... Uh, one, uh, Arutz dying right now on one, and Arutz Esser on the other, and they're all showing the funerals. Everybody's, uh, this has been wall-to-wall coverage since yesterday when they found the bodies. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thought of the strength of these families is beyond, to me, beyond comprehension. And I have been so inspired by them throughout this situation and now even now their decision to bury the three boys together in modi Inn, to have one official funeral together i mean they're having right now as we are talking they each uh, yeshuv is having a separate funeral in the yeshuv and then uh, in another um, two hours or so they're all going to uh, go together to Modi Inn and bury the three boys together and have one uh, uh, official funeral. Um, it, it's just, it, it's inspiring. What, what else can I say? That they've chosen to do it this way. That that the country should be united not only in the prayers and the hopes, but also in the death and in the and and in the in the kavura in in their burial, it is just unbelievable. So these three funerals or services are taking place in three different locations or three towns where they right live now, yeah. as we speak, and they'll be together in the five o'clock hour in Israel in Modi Inn, and they'll be laid to rest side by side. Um, actually, it's six o'clock. Yes, unbelievable. At six o'clock Israel time. Eleven o'clock our time. There will be one official funeral, and they'll be laid to rest side by side. Yes. The unity, uh, the strength of the families is obviously a point well taken, but the unity that has been displayed around the world from those, as we say, right to left and every type of uh, background you can imagine over the last two and a half weeks is really in many ways being symbolized by this togetherness, if you will, that's being displayed today, obviously in very difficult circumstances. But it is amazing how the unity during a time of hope over the last two weeks reached an unbelievable level, and now, of course, in the aftermath of the tragedy, you know, as we know from personal, or I should say from prior experience, it's going to reach uh, a quite a high level as well, that's for yeah. sure. And that's one of the things that the families kept repeating, whether directly or through their friends that were speaking on their behalf, was that one of the things that gave them, the families, the strength was seeing the unity, seeing the, the, the both within the country and throughout the world, how everyone was united, and, you know, they found the bodies yesterday, but the day before, the night before they found the bodies, was this massive rally in Tel Aviv, one of the largest rallies, you know, that, that, that Tel Aviv has seen. And um, everyone was there, everyone. They did say that it was a majority of Kippot, but they, you had, from all walks of Israeli life, pouring out in... in by the way, in, in unbelievable heat, you have to keep that in mind. There's a huge heat wave going on in Israel, and yet you had this outpouring. And there was a moment, there were a few moments at that rally, but one of the moments was when 
all the different um, youth organizations, left to right, from Shomer Hatzair and Sofim and Bnei Akiva and Ezra, they all got up together. It was just uh, really, you know, it's a shame that this is what it takes to make us united, but it seems that that's what always happens. Unbelievable. Mayor Weingarten is with us. Funerals at 6 p.m. Israel time, all in Modi Inn, as we've been uh, mentioning, as Ayal Gilad and uh, Naftali will be laid to rest side by side. Um, what do you think when you heard that uh, there are people who went and started to establish new Jewish communities as soon as they heard the news of the triple murder? Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's something that they always say in Israel. That's the answer. That, that, that's the best Zionist answer that there is, right? If they kill somebody, then we're going to make a yeshuv there. Uh, and and uh, it, it has two, two aspects to it. One is it says this is what we do. You know, you kill people, we bring new yeshuvim, new settlements to life. You know, we, we, we bring life, you bring death. You know, and, and unfortunately, we live in, in a... Israel is surrounded by culture of death. You know, countries that really, and we see it now in the rest of the area there. Look what's going on in Syria and Iraq. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable that the number of people that are being killed. And nobody really seems to care. Hmm. And here are three boys, three boys. And, and the whole Jewish world has come together around them and cares. We care about everybody. And so, you know, people say... We're, we have to have an answer, and that's the answer. Our answer is to build the issue of now. What's going to happen eventually, the government has to make a decision as to how they want to respond. And there's a big controversy in Israel, and that's the other aspect of it on the news is this debate. Okay, what is the response? What do we do? You know, um, They blew up the house of uh, one of the families in uh, Hebron that's involved. But what's going to be the answer? I mean, obviously, they want to undo the infrastructure of the Hamas, and they did a lot of that. But now what? You know, what can the government do? People want strength, and um, that's a good question. Oh, it certainly is. Uh, not that you have any inside information, but you'd have to assume that Israel will find these kidnappers, right? Yeah, they they seem confident that they will eventually find them. They feel confident that they're still in Israel, and in fact, that one of the reports this morning is that they believe they're still in Hebron. Hmm. And, and the bodies were found not far from Hebron, in Chalchul, which is, uh, people who know the area, it's not far from Hebron. It's very, very interesting how they found the bodies. You know, at the end, there was a group from Kfar Etzion. There's a field school, a Beit Sefer Sadeh in Kfar Etzion. And they have people that are constantly um, traveling, you know, hiking and, and learning the land and showing other people and guiding and so forth. And they asked the army to allow them to join and help in the searches because they really know the terrain. And what gave it away is that as they were walking, they said, this doesn't belong here. There was like a tarp and some stones, and they said, this is not what is usually here. Let's go look there. Huh. Amazing. And that's how it was discovered. And that's how they well, and, and a, that's how specifically that ditch was discovered. The area in general they had found a few days before um, a pair of glasses, 
a broken pair of glasses, and uh, the police investigated, and it was um, it was a Yalgifrach's uh, glasses. They had confirmed that, so they knew that they were in the right area. And uh, n- not to make too much of this, because hindsight's always twenty twenty. I know, but uh, Israeli officials did, in fact, discipline those who were uh, uh, involved in the actual phone call that one of the boys had made from the car, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it, they they believe, it's hard, hard to say, obviously we don't know, but the, the working assumption now is that as a result of that call, which, by the way, was made by Eyal Yifrach, the older one, the 19-year-old, he's the one who made the call, we now know. Um, as a result of the call, the, the terrorists, the murderers, got scared because they figured, uh-oh, now they're going to be after us. You know, in a few minutes, the army is going to be on our tail. Right. We better, you know, just scuttle the whole thing. And so they killed them and very quickly just got rid of the bodies because it wasn't so well planned out and how they got rid of the bodies and, and they buried them. And it was not as... Um, precise as we were thinking you know, all this time, oh, they must have had this planned out so well. Their whole plan went awry once he called the police. So within minutes of their abduction, they were dead? It is believed, probably and, within an hour. And, I, and ironically, I don't know if that's the right word, we would not have had this unified effort if we did not know their whereabouts for all the, if we would have known their whereabouts uh, right, at that right. point. And somebody made a very interesting point yesterday, I believe it was Emily Amoussi, um, Who's a very close, who's a journalist, but a very close friend of the Shars. Shares, um, you know, people said, you know, we daven, we daven, we daven, and what, what good is our davening? And obviously, there's so many theological answers to that, and leave it to the Rabbanim to to answer that. But um, she said, you know, we daven, and we daven, and we daven. Who knows? Who knows if it would have taken two, three years to find the bodies? That's right. And it took only less than three weeks to find the bodies, and families at least have closure. You know, there are many, many cases of kidnap. In most kidnappings, by the way, in Israel, unlike Gilad Shalit, most kidnappings in Israel, almost all of them, end up with the person being killed, not a swap deal. Only, I mean, the most famous one is Gilad Shalit, but that's the only one. Nachshon Waxman was one also. Other than that, there's so many cases that we don't hear of where someone, a soldier disappears, and it takes years to find him, to find the body. And here it took less than three weeks, and maybe all our load and all our unity, as, as we came together, was helpful in, in, in minimizing some of the pain. The number of people, and I'm talking about, you know, regular folks out there that are that are writing and expressing and uh, declaring their anger, their frustration, their hopes, their their you know sadness is simply unbelievable. I know in this era of social networking, it makes it a lot easier to hear from a lot of people on a subject. But uh, it, it seems like um, it seems like our inboxes and our uh, timelines are just inundated with feelings uh, from so many different people that they are expressing at this time. It's obvious, and I know that I'm overstating the obvious in this case, that this episode has touched the hearts of everybody in the Jewish world in an unprecedented fashion. I don't remember, and we've been through, there have been a lot of episodes, and unfortunately a lot of 
suicide bombings and bus bombings and wars and uh, you know and, and 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 many episodes that took many weeks and months in recent Jewish history. But for some reason, there was something about this one that I feel enjoyed a unity of unprecedented levels. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think everybody feels this is my kid. These are my children, and that's the way people felt. These are our boys, and, and be, because they could be anybody's boys, because everybody, you know, as much as they talked about they were in Kvaratzion in, in and Gushetzion, and they were hitchhiking and, and so forth, but at the end of the day, the, the terrorists don't differentiate between a kid that's standing at a bus stop in Kvaratzion and, and a kid that's standing at a bus stop in Yerushalayim and a kid that's standing at a bus stop in Tel Aviv and a kid that's standing at a bus stop in New York. They want to kill us all. They want to get us all. And these are, are all uh, these are our children. And I think that's one of the things that spoke and speaks to every single one of us. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Rabbi Avinair um, wrote uh, um, briefly in... Uh, trying to find it now in Ynet, and, and, you know, he said, terror can't undo the state of Israel. Unlike in, in all of Jewish history, we, we, we were threatened with extermination. Thank God, right, that God saved us. But terrorists can't, they can kill one person, they can kill three people, they can't kill us as a nation. They can only psychologically try and damage us, and our war is, our, uh, the way we, we win that war is to strengthen ourselves psychologically, to, to have more bitachon, to, to believe in, what, in our way, and, and to work harder on ourselves, and that's our weapon. No question about it. Um, 6 p.m. Eyal in Israel. 6 p.m. Israel time. Eyal, Gilad, and Naftali will be laid to rest side by side. Um, it's a day of agony and grief for the collective Jewish heart. All of us feel it, and um, we pray that this unity will carry over into our regular days and not just be a feeling that we're able to uh, to project and... Um, and to have during days like this. Mayor Weingarten, I thank you, and uh, we should share good news and celebrate wonderful occasions together. Amen, Vermeen. Thank you very much. 23 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's JM in the AM.